Hello, this is David, and you're listening to In the Background. Hello, hello, hello to anyone listening. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of uh, In the Background, as I like to sit in the back seat of the church. I do have some news, I guess, if you follow regarding my life. Um, My wife and I have realized that we are pregnant with our first child and or children. Could be twins. We're not sure yet. It's still a little bit early, but we're due up for an ultrasound pretty soon. So it's exciting. And at the same time, honestly, it's a little fearful because it is our first and I do have a small business. My wife works as well. So we've always had two incomes. So it's a stretching good thing for us. Um, Obviously, we need to be wise in budgeting and all this other stuff. But um, anyway, so What I wanted to share about today was something that is kind of tied into us being pregnant. Um, For those of you who do not know, my wife and I, we've been married for about a little, almost seven years or a little over seven years. And we, in the past six years, we have not been able to fall pregnant. But if you listen to a podcast, a couple podcasts ago, there was a guy in Honduras. I had three different occasions where the Lord spoke to me and did tell me that he was ready to give us a gift and uh, and for us to bear children. And here, lo and behold, it's uh, um, the Lord is faithful to the words that he gave people um, when they shared with me. But I want to I wanna say something about the past six years of our marriage. For me personally, there have been times where it has been hard, and there have been times where it has been easy, and you realize the blessing that you have. I won't say a blessing, but it's just the simplicity, maybe I'll say, of not having children and having two incomes and being able to do is what the Lord is asking of me, it's not as much of a um, cross to bear to take off work and go do this because, like I said, my wife and I both work. But during that time, there have been times of jealousy and or, um, I guess, an unrest, I'll say, in wanting children and wanting to fall pregnant and we weren't sure if there was we never got checked we never felt led for for uh someone to come and tell us we couldn't have children so and you know obviously when i went to honduras um about a month and or so ago um with our pastor who invited me along with him you know i had at a couple different churches, different people, did not even speak English, didn't know who I was, came up and prophesied to me. They had a word from the Lord for me. The one guy said, he grabbed my hand and he said, the Lord is ready to give you a gift and to put a gift in your hand 
and he closed my hand. I was very touched. And then another time, there was a worship leader, and his wife came over to me, and he said that it was so strongly on his heart to pray for me uh, and my wife to bear children, and that they had a similar road. So he we he prayed for me for like five or six minutes, and it was just, I wept. I felt such a witness in my Holy Spirit to what he was sharing. And now, here we find ourselves pregnant. But during the past couple years, sometimes we could look at things happening and different people uh, around us, um, and you can find yourself a little bit unresting. I know a lot of people who spent a lot of money working on getting pregnant, going to this and doing this and doing that. And my wife and I, it's been our conviction that we've always felt like the Lord would give us what he wants to give us in his time. And sometimes that's hard because I'm 36 years old. I'm not getting any younger. I'm only getting older, obviously, as we all are. And you look at life and you realize that oh, like, I don't want to miss out on this. I I want this. I want that. The Lord told me this, and the Lord put this on my heart. So many people have told me I would be a good father and this and that. All of our wants, all of our desires have to be put at one place, at the foot of the cross. They have to be put in our hand and given to the Lord as an offering. I say, Lord, this is my heart's desire. It's my heart's desire to be a father. It's a, my heart's de- desire for my wife to, to bear children and have a little family unit. But Lord, even in that, which isn't wrong to want that, that still is in your hands, Lord. And if you will for me, for this to be a part of my life, Lord, it will happen in your time. I'm not going to force you. I'm not going to... You can't twist the Lord's arm. Well, I'm not going to serve you, Lord, until you do this for me. My wife and I, we continue to serve the Lord in church, do what he asks us to do, and you wait. And in that waiting, there's such a working of the Lord that happens in your life. It doesn't mean there was, I remember two or three times specifically, I was just super jealous. And I was like, man, I'm just ticked off this family as a kid, that guy. You know, they don't even know what the heck they're doing and they're just jumping into the American dream and this and that. And you can you can you can come to a place where you find yourself falling a little bit and you know that very same day I said, Lord, forgive me for that because you know the time that you want to bless us with children. You know the time that you have for us to do A, B, and C. And in those moments, there is a spiritual growing and maturing that the Lord has for us. And to take a hold of that and say, Lord, you know, I want what you want for my life. I don't want anything that I want for my life. When I read this verse here in Matthew chapter 26, We'll start at Matthew chapter 26, verse 38. Then he said to them, My soul is very sorrowful even to death. Remain here and watch with me. 
Jesus is speaking to his disciples. Verse 39, And going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And if we go on a little farther down, Jesus prayed, My Father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. Those are some of the hardest words, I think, for Christians today. And I would definitely say Christians here in the West. I know there's people who listen in Germany and other places and Europe, some in India. But here in the U.S., the U.S. church, I, I would say, has not every church, but the church culture of the U.S. has not been healthy for some time, in my personal opinion. I have been a part of quite a few churches. I've been a part of missions organizations. I was a part of YWAM for two years. I've traveled more outside of the country than I have inside the country. And here in the U.S., we kind of just crack upon our life. We just crack on, and we try to serve the Lord how we think we should serve Him. Not by how His Word says, not by the Holy Spirit's conviction, but just by what we think. It's all intellectual. But a true servant of the Lord... There was, I was listening to a guy named Zach Poen, I think, and he said there's five things that he realizes that has been instrumental to his life. He said the first thing um, was the blood of Jesus Christ. Obviously, Jesus died for us so that we may have relationship with the Lord. Other Outside of Jesus, there's no relationship with God. The second thing is the Word of God. I have been fairly diligent to reading my Bible when feeling led, trying to be disciplined in studying the Scriptures, allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to me and witness what the Scriptures are saying. Three is the Holy Spirit. Whether you believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I have been prayed for in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and I that's a whole other thing in of itself. I wasn't even up there to go get baptized. I was up there to support my wife, and someone laid their hands on me, and I just felt whether it was a stirring of something that was already in there or something new that came upon me, something happened in that time. And um, so three is the Holy Spirit. And uh, fourth is the work of the cross in our life. We need to pick up our cross, as the Bible says, daily and deny ourselves, to deny our wants, to deny our needs, and to let the Lord do what He wants to in our life. It is, I would say that the work of the cross, our church here, it's, it's called Grace Fellowship in Sarasota. You can, you can uh, chime in or, or, um, Log in and, and watch us on Sunday. We have one service at 10 o'clock, and I think my wife and I are probably going to be sharing our testimony in the next 
not this week, but possibly next week, just about everything that's going on in our life. Um, but it's the work of the cross. Our church talks about that a lot. Some people complain because it's just death and suffering, and it's like, ah, oh, it's not all death and suffering, but they do preach on it a good bit. But the work of the cross in our life is a denying of our will, just as we read in the scripture, and an acceptance of what the Lord's will is for us. Easier said than done when it comes down to it, because then you realize, okay, well, what is the Lord's will for this? What's the Lord's will for that? Obviously, day to day, we need to function in society. If you live in Europe, if you live in Africa, if you live over in Asia, there's a day-to-day functionality that you as a Christian, as a human being, do in your city, as I do here. But it is a denying of what the will is. And then the, the fifth thing is the body of Christ, the church. Elders, deacons, saints in the church, building us up, working together. Those are the five key elements to a Christian walk. And I would say to maturity, because at the end of the day, I don't want to just believe in God. I don't want to just believe in Jesus Christ and that I'm going to go to heaven. I want to be a mature Christian. I want to grow in Christ. I want to change constantly for what the Lord has for me. I want to grow. I want to be available for letting the Lord do what he wants to do in my life and use me how he sees fit, not how I see fit. A lot of times in church, you have people who want position, who want power. I've seen it myself. I've seen it in our own church locally, and it's not condemning any of them. It's eventually the Lord works in them to get rid of things that need be. No church is perfect. If there's a perfect church, uh, then we must be in like a different time era or something because we're just, it's, there's imperfection in church. You know, recently I found out things about our church that I don't like, but that doesn't mean I'm going to go run away. There are good people here. There are other people I think that maybe could abuse things a little bit, are a little bit emotional, maybe a little bit controlling, but the Lord will take care of that. I can, only, I can only answer for what the Lord puts in front of me to do. I'm not meant to go, and if I'm meant to rebuke or go whatever, share with someone, then obviously that's something different. But, but in that... <clears throat> so all that being said, in the past seven years, I've wanted, we've waited... And in that waiting, and in those few times where there was jealousy, there was a hard heart, and there was, Lord, why don't we have children? Why doesn't this happen? Why doesn't that happen? We, since since sin entered the world, human beings have been not at rest. We've been restless. When the will of man enters our heart, it is a dangerous thing because our hearts are meant to be sealed in Jesus Christ and wanting what the Lord wants. 
it's not bad to have wants or desires, godly desires, godly desire to get married, godly desire to have family. But at the end of the day, what is it that the Lord wants from us? He wants us to live with hands open. Who are we to say, oh Lord, when, why didn't you bring this into my life sooner? Why didn't you bring this? The Lord knows you better than you know yourself. And the Lord knows when is the good time to give you a gift and when is the bad time to give you that gift. You know, I look at my life and, you know, I'm nervous, as some people are, taking on more financial burden wife not working, baby at home, what does that look like? Now, I can do a lot of things in the natural that obviously we need to budget properly. We need to do things wisely. But at the end of the day, the Lord is the one who provides. I need to pray to the Lord and I need to continue on my walk with the Lord. Because the Lord said, You know, look at the sparrows of the sky and the birds of the air, you know, all that stuff. And it's like, you know, they they do not need to go and find a place for them to make a nest. The Lord provides for us in the same way he provides for all the creatures of the earth. So if we keep our eyes on the Lord, the Bible says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and the rest will follow. Like, when I... Sometimes that's such a quoted verse that it just kind of becomes cliche and you forget about it. But we forget that we serve a mighty God. We serve the creator of the whole universe, the Alpha and the Omega. The most powerful being in existence we serve and he wants to take care of us. He loves us. He wants us to be obedient to him. He says, seek first my kingdom and I will take care of you. Now, that doesn't mean he's going to just give you plenty. He's going to give you everything. I just met a, a lady. I did a job for a lady this week, and she believes that if she gives uh, $10, she's going to get 10000 back from the Lord. It's not how, that's not what I see in Scripture. The Lord does bless some people financially, but then he also does not bless some people financially. So I have to seek the Lord, follow the Lord, do what He wills, not what I will, and let the Lord provide for us. So with that being said, that's all I really felt led to share. If you feel led to share this, share it. If you feel led to follow in on our church service, it's Grace Fellowship in Sarasota, Florida. Grace Fellowship Church of Sarasota. They have a weird name, but if you go on YouTube and type in Grace Fellowship Church of Sarasota, you'll find it. But thanks, guys, for listening. And everyone, keep the Lord first, seek His kingdom, and be well.